0: From worlds beyond, to right at the gaming table, these are all my fantasy children. We have... That's right, everyone. Welcome to All My Fantasy Children, the greatest podcast of all time. And this week, we are joined by a guest. We are joined by the brilliant illustrator and art director, legendary internet person and talent, Sarah Alfaji.
1: Hello. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. This is so cool. Can you start by just like, you know, I gave my like Tonight Show intro. Now, can we talk about all the cool stuff you do in specifics? Because it's cool.
1: Uh, I mean, you really (laughs) buttered me up. So yeah, I'm happy to do so. (laughs) Uh, I am the co-founder and creative director over at Multiverse. We are an online video game platform, just making it as easy as possible to make play, stream, and share tabletop role-playing games. And down the line, of course, having a creative-focused marketplace. Uh, you know, we're a multicultural team. You know, we're all all across the nerdy spectrum. Uh, and we definitely have found our home within, you know, storytelling that you find at tabletops.
0: I have to say, if anybody listening has not looked up what... Mul- I have been screaming about Multiverse since I saw, like, the most initial, like when you guys first like started posting and mm-hmm. I have been losing my shit ever since because we're glad to hear it. it, it oh my God. The, I mean, I love sprites. I love, I love the art. The art style is so perfect for uh tabletop and just, it's just one perfect, like sprite art is incredible. Um, but also like, it's just the, for me, I think it's the perfect vehicle for branching what, for what you guys are trying to do with branch tabletop and like that video game dynamic And Mm -hmm. still have this really nice sandboxy play space for create. It's so fucking good. And I'm obsessed. I have cannot stop telling people like, yo, you don't understand. I'm going to make the entire goddamn (laughs) AMFC world in this fucking thing when it's done. I am so excited. Like, it, it is so good. I am so happy for you all because it is so goddamn good.
1: We are definitely excited on our own. Like, we definitely designed multiverse first catering to ourselves, right? And be like the kind of mm-hmm. weird shit that we want to get up to. Uh, and now that we're seeing other people, both in closed beta and out of it on social media, uh, seeing everyone else react similarly, I'd be like, oh, thank God. There's, there's <laughs> other people. <laughs> of course that, our investors want to hear that, but also, oh, thank God, because there's other weirdos like this. There's other yes. nerds who are excited and you know just want to sit around and make shit up, which is why yes. I was so excited about being on this show, because wow. That's exactly that same energy.
0: It really is. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like as soon as I saw your thing, I was like, oh, "That's it." It was a chocolate and peanut butter, like Reese's commercial type situation. And mm-hmm. I figured if I scream at y'all enough, I could get y'all attention, and it worked.
1: It worked. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> we heard the screams and the cries from far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what we do in all my fantasy children? First of all, my name is Eric Tanner Jeff, my name is Jeff Stormer. And we're about to make the greatest story of all time with our new best friend, Sarah. And what we do is we take a listener submitted prompt. We spin that prompt into a fantasy character, world detail, location, myth, legend, what have you, and use that to fully develop, continue to develop a fully fleshed out fantasy world that we have called fantasy. So, but first, we'd like to start with fun conversation because this is a podcast and if you don't have bits, you ain't got nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'll start with you, Sarah. What is getting you excited this week? Can be big.
1: getting me excited? I'm the kind of person who likes to think about, you know, just the little things, the little niceties here Mm -hmm. and there. Uh, And for me lately, it's been, um, I'm a big history nerd. That's kind Uh of like my whole jam. And I've just been eating up, like, nonfiction comics and seeing how people sort of, like, blur the lines of, like, what what a depiction of a real situation is, and then, you know, kind of deciding how they want to share it with other people. So mm-hmm. I've been reading a, a lot of Joe Sacco. I've been reading a lot of Sarah Glynn, Lucy Nicely. So these are comic artists who are taking their own stories or the stories of others um, and then reimagining it, you know, on the comic page, Obsessed. which works for me as a comic artist as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you are quite the illustrator. Um And it is something that, like, I have a lot of friends in comics land, even though I'm not like, I don't draw. And so like, I have always just been enamored and like in awe of y'all's power and ability. And it's just something that I'm very, I'm just very happy about. Like I, that, you know, of course you also do comics because like, for me, I keep finding that people who do, Comic creation are some of the most clever and resourceful creators that I have stolen all of your techniques after talking to so many of you over time in order to, like, be more productive, be more disciplined about, like, uh, uh, you know, working, but also having boundaries. I'm not buttering you up. You guys are all just, like, studs in that department.
1: I mean, I just got out of a 300-page graphic novel, and it's like oh. there are just not enough hours in the day for comic. Work unless you are doing all of those things. Uh, it's it's not something I'm rushing to go back to anytime soon. So now it's just really really nice to sit back and enjoy comics, not as a creator actually, but as a reader. Like mm. that is a very special feeling to me, especially as someone who works in the industry. Being able to turn off that part of my brain is like a luxury.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Uh, true story. I actually. Um... You you said so I, I got very excited hearing you talk about nonfiction comic uh creators because uh I I for Aaron I don't know if I've I'm sure I've talked about my college education on the show before very actually very briefly and it needs to like, be spoken about more okay good because I actually majored in comic books in school. Um, and major in comic books, I majored in comic books. Uh, it (laughs) is my, it is my secret, my secret weapon. Uh, (laughs) And like a, not the first comic book class I took as part of my comic book curriculum was a nonfiction class. And, uh, it was an incredibly good experience. It really set me on a way. Uh, for context, Can what Can I it ask is, you something real quick? Yes, please.
1: Um, did they say you majored in comics or did they like fancy it up? Because at my school, you could specialize in sequential narrative and oh, that's how oh, they oh, kind oh. of disguised it. That's how they <laughs> pretended it was something bigger than it was. I'm but pretty it, sure no. I
2: majored in sequential. Na- so it's it's. So what I have is an English degree with an academic focus in what I'm pretty sure is sequential narrative. But mm-hmm. I also, it was also at the point where like, uh, because I had made, I had focused on this very odd and specific thing. I I know at some point they were just like, what are you made? What are you majoring in Jeff? Like, none of this makes sense. And I'm like, I'm majoring in comic books. I, I had to make mm-hmm. this into a thing. So I went to Ohio state right when they opened the, billy ireland comic book research library it was the first acad- first like academic research library for comic books in the country uh the, the big thing when i first went there was that jeff smith had donated all because he lives in columbus so he had donated mm-hmm. all of his like stuff like he had just literally been like i have a garage full of old student newspaper comics mm-hmm. and bone like and old like ink pages from bone and he just was like do you want these (laughs) and the answer is of course yes yeah reluctantly the school was like reluctantly we will accept all of these old priceless jeff smith originals and so like i was very lucky to get to go to get to major like in a place where that was like an option Mm
0: -hmm. at a
2: time when that was not an option in a lot of places so that is my my pride and joy when i say that i i majored in comics and uh, one of the, like we stu- I studied a lot of the nonfiction, like comics journalism stuff, and um, it is some of my absolute favorites.
1: I was a, uh, I-, I was like an assistant librarian at our art and design school back like this was about six years ago, uh, and that was. Truly, like I didn't realize how good of an experience that was because I essentially got paid, you know, my measly $11 an hour mm-hmm. to sit around and read comics all day and Fuck read yeah. art books. Incredible. And and that I definitely credit to like my, my passion and my joy of it. Uh, it's a lot of it has stayed with me. Yeah. Absolutely. No,
0: Jeff, it's, do you it's have re- something? Oh, sorry. I don't, I did not mean to interrupt. For sure. Aaron. I'm Aaron. Try- hey man, I'm trying to do transitions. All right, tra- <laughs> let's do the transition. No, 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 no. Um, no it's, yeah. it, the moment. The moment's ruined now. It's fine. It's fine. I'm editing all of this. Joke's on you. Um, <laughs> uh,
2: please, you cannot. I. Yeah. You have invoked the podcaster's code of saying you're going to edit something out,
0: That's which means true. you have to leave it in. Well, fuck. Uh, Jeff, what's getting you excited this week?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> comic books for one thing. Um, mm-hmm. I've been working on a game. I've been working on two comic book games. Uh, One is a, A I'm working on a follow-up to Anyone Can Wear the Mask Uh, because I finished a superhero game and I said like, what do I want to do is another superhero game in the exact opposite direction. So Anyone Can Wear the Mask was my Superman game. And so I immediately turned around and went, uh, started writing a very small and light, uh, like bronze age film noir superheroes game called dominoes and Ooh. uh it's all about like uh you know your your questions and daredevils and all that stuff mm-hmm. and then I I picked up another game that I, I kind of I think it's it's done now it's in the, like the editing process I finished it and like that one was a, a game I wrote about a comic book that I then reflavored about some different comic books for personal reasons. So there's that, and then the other thing that's getting me excited is, uh, as Aaron knows, I am extremely up to date and current on all pop culture trends.
0: One hundred percent. You you have another show that's called What's Poppin' Jeff. I do, uh,
2: and this <laughs> and what what I've been watching uh, the, the 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 new hip thing that I've been watching is a TV show called Boardwalk Empire from two thousand and five. I maybe?
0: don't I don't want to hear
2: about this. <laughs> An extremely I, timely reference. Right? I, you know, we, we were like, it's it's time now to get into, wait for it, to get into, into 2009's hottest prestige the television show. Uh, I am um, checking
1: the New York Times archives now for it. How did
2: the people feel? How did the people feel? I feel like it's great and I've been loving it. So th- those are the two things that have been getting me excited this week. I love this very much. I'm um, trying to do
1: the math to see how old I was in 2005.
2: Don't tell us. <laughs> so, I, so I looked it up. It was not 2005. It was 2009. 2005 is probably, might be when the Sopranos, no, that would have been mid-season Sopranos. So it's 2009 because it's the year after Sopranos
0: ended, which now that I'm thinking it through, 2009. I was, 2009 we're talking 2009. about? Oh God, I was like 19 years old. I think I was 19 as well. I think I was 12 moving on. Transitions. (laughs) So what I was excited about is honestly, I've been really jazzed up for this fucking episode. And can I tell you listeners at home and Sarah, when I sent you this prompt, you sent me like the most dope picture of a giant fucking sword. And I am so excited to make this. Like I have been hyped. I love guest episodes. I love making the show and I'm really excited about banging this one out and really like making something really cool. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to do this because the prompt this week comes to us from our discord and the prompt comes from drifter prompt is the biggest sword. Good prompt. Good prompt. It's a good prompt. Now, Sarah, what is the first thing that pops into your head? Like, do you have any initial ideas?
1: Uh, anyone familiar with my work or my illustration things, my whole jam is, you know, girls with swords. That's kind Mm -hmm. of my thing. (laughs) So immediately when you tell me, you know, the biggest sword, I have to ask for who?
0: mm Mm-mm. Okay. Now how big? Like, are we talking like uh is it like city-sized or is it like mountain sized? Or is it just like you know, like a big, big hand is big fucking sword? Let's start mm. with big fucking sword. Okay, so it's like you know, like uh like the buster sword from Five Seven. Like it's big as fuck. It's not so you're saying not mountain. <laughs> I- I'm not saying not mountain. Oh, oh. Okay. Mm. Mm. For whom? Do we want to say it's for a giant? Like, is this for a big person? Or was it left behind by a really big person? Or thrown somewhere by a really big person? Did it arrive like a comet to the planet?
1: So if we're going to ask for whom, maybe in that case, we should go in the opposite direction. And we have to ask Mm -hmm. where. Is it sheathed? Is it, you know, left? Is it placed? You know, Because you care about who holds swords and you care about what direction they're going in.
0: It's mm-hmm. true. Those are good questions. Do you have any preferences? I have to say, I'm yeah. a big
1: fan of of swords. I, I like. I, I'm big into Arthurian legends.
0: Same. Thank like you. I was secretly <laughs> praying that you were going to say that because I was like, I fucking love a sword in the stone. Somebody pulls it out, and like, you know, it was theirs the whole time, or like, mm-hmm. they're the or, next. or
1: better yet, we're talking about the other legend where you know, Lady of the
0: Lake. We're oh, coming out. Yeah. Fuck yes. Okay. So I am I am down with this big motherfucking sword, like someone pulls it out or is granted it. And it's like, can only be them type thing. (laughs) And I throw something out, please. God, yeah, because I've got a
2: a, a thought and a direction that I want to throw things in. I'm just going to I'm throwing a curveball. Oh, gosh. We're just going to let it happen. It's
0: not a sword at all. That's the curveball.
2: <laughs> no, it is a sword. My <laughs> pitch kidding. is that it's a sword, and that it's a big sword, and that it's a sword that is so big that on its hilt or its um, the hilt's not quite the is the hilt the the hilt is the middle part. I know the hilt's the handle.
0: Uh, what do you call the middle part of a sword? The flatty. The 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 the, the chunk. Um, so what do you type in for Google for that sword anatomy? Like
1: sword anatomy. I've drawn so many swords, <laughs> I could not fucking tell you.
0: Okay. The, the thing
2: in the middle, the blocky part in the middle that separates the sword uh, from the. So hill.
1: you were close when oh. you said the flat chunky bit It's called the fuller. Oh, fuller. I'm not gonna on, call it that.
2: Okay. On the There's on the, the middle bit. of the sword, there is a a full city. Oh. Oh. Fuck! Like, so, like, it is a large enough, so, like I am picturing like Empire State Building buried into the earth and there is like an entire city that is like built mm-hmm. on onto the hilt of this sword
0: that mm-hmm. like runs down into the ground. So direct, just visual wise, are you like, so, cause this is giving me um, like Evangelion Tokyo when it goes underground into the geo front feel. Okay. if that reference means yes, anything that i do okay, <laughs>
1: okay. listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I, I may have been young but my my generation my people we had youtube uh, hey. you know we, we did watch it
0: <laughs> I, so i no, i would never imply that i meant my, my it was more for jeff jeff have you seen ava i see that's what that's no, what no, asking, no, no,
2: my answer is y- my answer is yes OK, because you and I like uh, were of an age and a coolness level that obviously I saw Ava. OK, however, I i am going to say that now I'm going to say this and specify that I was 12. I That's was fine. Twelve. we I all have, saw it
0: at an age that we thought we were space. way too cool.
2: I yeah. hated it. I hated it. I, hated I gotta go. It.
0: All right. Jeff, sorry, something's cutting out. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Nerves calling me, they calling me. I, I may be
1: on his side for this one because I watched it at sixteen. <laughs> again, when I thought I was cool enough to th- watch it,
2: you thought you were, <laughs> you thought you were smart enough I'm and cool like, enough. For I te- got
1: it. I uh, heard the hype. I'm into you know. the designs, and then I was like. I don't I was get. Like, the this weird is just. Robots. This okay, is that's just fine. a kid
2: being sad. Like this. Okay. And okay. like as an that's adult, I point. want to go back and. Fuck. That's the thing. As an adult, I would love to go back and yes. watch it mm-hmm. specifically to re-experience <laughs> and to know, like, now that I know the story, that the creator hated their fans so much that the that's back correct. half and movies yes. are an extended middle. They're thing. A literal fuck you. Like to the fan I base. want to experience <laughs> that. It's it just, is, yes. I watched, so yes, I'm familiar so, with the reference. It's just, it 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 does not have the meaning to me that I think it has to you, Aaron. Okay.
1: But if we're talking, uh, so now we're thinking of, of sword as like, you know, it's part of the landscape, right? Mm-hmm. So we're thinking of it in this kind of like geographical sort of way. Um, you know, the visual is there. So now that we are talking about Ava, I'm like, are we going giant robot? See. You say fantasy.
0: So here's the thing about our show. If you kind of like say it and throw it out there, we're going with it. So, so that,
2: uh, yeah, I, I have a thing to roll with
0: that. Like I want to roll with that and push it in a
2: direction. Giant robot city. If the sword, it is, if the sword is not the robot, but like if, and coming back to the idea of a sword in the stone myth. Yeah. If the entire city has to come together to pull this stone like maybe not like not literally like like not like hugging a wall of a building and like eh! but like more specifically like coming to like if the if if the if this entire city that lives on this 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 hilt of this sword can i pitch that this
0: city's name is hilt of course i, I was going to call it i was going to call it chunkington but you know <laughs> the hilt the hilt is fine
2: and
1: um, i think that's so poetic too it's like we live on the hilt this yeah. is the hilt this yeah. is the
2: hilt this is where we live and, like, all of Hill, like, every person, when when, when something happens, and we'll kind of talk, and, and what I'd like to propose is that maybe we explore what it is, but what I want to throw out as a pitch is that, like, something occurs where the entire city has to come together and, like, pull this sword out and, like, draw, like fly a flying sword, a okay. flying, like, so, a skyscraper-sized so sword, sword a through the air.
0: Is it a ship is an interesting question. Because I have, this was my pitch, Jeff. Yeah. Is I am seeing this sword stuck in the ground, right? And the city mm-hmm. is in the hilt. It's called Hilt. Mm-hmm. I was seeing a literal ruined, uh just a single robot arm still attached to the handle holding it. Okay, that's very look. cool. I love and, that. And my first thought was, giant robot, do they have to complete the robot and like finish this fucking Megazord mm-hmm. to pull the sword out? And why would they want to do that? Because it literally would be uprooting their city.
1: But, okay, so instead of going up, why aren't we talking about, like, you know, because we're talking about the hilt now. And in my head, the hilt's kind of submerged into the earth in such a way that you're you're mainly focusing on that top part. Now, why doesn't the city exist below ground? Mm. And, you know, maybe these, like, compartments and these levels and stuff, like, it, this is a below ground situation. Love and it. now it's about the people coming to the surface.
0: So they want to come up.
1: Maybe,
0: and the only way to is to pull the the this fucking sword out. Mm-hmm. So
2: then, mm-hmm. I I kind of want to revise this pitch that I threw out in a very interesting because, like, coming back, I keep coming back to the sword and the stone idea of like pulling the sword out is this magical thing. Mm-hmm. What if that thing that I described is not the culmination of the story, but the start of the story? Like, this was a group of people that... This was a sword that was so large that it held a city. And in a moment of great need, like, this city channeled something. Some magic that was in the air and commanded the presence of this sword, right? Like, brought the arm that holds it to life. And, like, held on on and, like, stayed low in, like, hidden compartments. And commanded the sword and, like, stabbed something with it. And have spent, like years like living throughout it and now like have to find a way to pull the sword back out either because they have to use it again or just because like it can't stay down here forever like maybe Mm -hmm. the sword is starting to erode and like you know maybe or maybe they need it to use it again or like something like that but like they did this they did this magical thing and now they have to undo it
1: so my, this is my question. It's like yeah. the current generation of, of the people in in the Hilt, are they aware of this idea that the, of the capacity for it to be lifted out of the ground? Or is this like, you know, legend has it, or like no one believes those old myth situations?
0: I like the second one. I love the second um, one. I'm all about the second one. Um, because my, my first thought is, where the fuck are these people living in a sword? Is it just like where they ended up? Or was it like... They took shelter from something set up in a sword. It's underground. Like, how did this start? You know what I mean? Like, if this is a legend, all this stuff, that means that, like, kind of, if it's true, that means the history is lost. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. means the fact has become myth over time. And, like, why? It's just, like, enough time has passed of people living in a sword, you know, or on the edge of it or Mm -hmm. inside of it or something. Is it something that, like... You know, is the outer area of, is the area around this sword dangerous? And are these people mm-hmm. sealed in, like, you know, did some, they seal themselves away within a sword, you know what I mean, in so, order to protect themselves?
1: One aspect of this that I find really interesting is, like, there's this verticality for it, right? There's that tip of a sword. So mm-hmm. at the very top of the hilt, I have no idea what it's called, and I refuse to check. Um, <laughs>
0: (laughs) As I look at the anatomy uh, of the sword. I Googled it it's called,
2: (laughs) I Googled it. It's called
0: a Blorf. That's not Ah, the Blorf. Excellent work. Uh, But at the
1: top. So, so we have this idea of potentially a hierarchy, right? Who's at the end, who's at the tip of the sword, who's at the very top of it, who sees the landscape and who can't see the landscape potentially. Uh, And I, I do really like that detail you mentioned in before about erosion and like mm. perhaps like now they're confronted with a reality they've never faced in, you know, since in living memory, right? The yeah. the sword is not is no longer like standing so tall and above the horizon. Now they're like losing their homes, something like that.
2: I love that. That's very I love that. And and to, take, to your question, Aaron, what stands out to me when I hear the question of why are the people why are these people like living in this giant sword, my brain immediately drifts. To um an old comic. I can't I'm not well I could probably find it and drop it in the chat. Marmaduke, Marmaduke, about a very large <laughs> dog. um it was as it was a Zach Gorman comic about the Legend of Zelda and like, the take this moment found it. uh here it is. Here's the exact comic. Let me grab the link because I want the both of you to see it. and And basically, like, uh for the listeners at home, it is like the moment in Zelda of, like, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this and Zell and Link. I must said Zelda. I can't uh, look. I'm very look. I'm cool and connected to the youth. Oh, trends. Man. No, Jeff, you're not. And that's OK, too. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that. <laughs> no um, Link, Link, asks, Link, 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 asks, will it keep me safe? And the, the old and, and the old hermit says, no, there is no safety to be found in a sword. A sword brings death. It does not give life. It is a responsibility, a burden. This is no gift. It is a curse. I hope one day you will forgive me. Damn. It's oh, a beautiful shit. comic,
1: and, and this is like such heavy language. And then I went and I looked at the comic, and it is just the best scratchy, scribbly it's figures. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I that dynamic it. is fantastic. In and my so, head, the people of the sword look like this.
2: A hundred percent, I love that. And what I picture is like this is a this is a responsibility, right? Like mm-hmm. this sword is you know a sword. Like it is not a knife. It is not an axe. It is not a pickaxe it is not a hatchet it is not a it is not a tool that is used for other things a sword is unique in that it is first and foremost a a weapon right like it is among all of the 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 weapons of that nature like it is unique in that there are very there are very few like uh, it like what like like a pro a full-on like big honking sword is kind of identifiable first and foremost as a weapon in a way that a lot of other things can have that other first and foremost use. And so like a group that like formed in this city, because we have like this, this is an object that has this potential and we are watching over it.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. I, I have, I have a thought about this. Yeah. Um, my, my initial idea, tell me what you think, is like long ago, people um, needed protection from something or they were facing mm-hmm. some kind of natural disaster something, and they sealed themselves away within this sword to keep themselves safe. And now if they don't use the sword and perhaps in order to use it, they can no longer live in it. So they're sacrificing mm-hmm. safety and security of being within the blade in the side hilt in order to challenge what's outside of them, outside of their world and face the actual danger. But in doing so, they won't be able to live in the sword anymore.
1: On a similar note, I'm just really interested in this idea of of transition. You know, a sword yeah. sheathed is one thing; a sword out is also a, a provocative action. Mm-hmm. And I also think that we've been thinking of swords and in you know weapons like this in a very Western context. And I actually propose um, the the a different, a slightly different interpretation that you often see in Persia and in the Middle East, mm-hmm. where they have actually the sheath of the sword looks curved. It looks like it should be impossible to take that sword out because the idea is that you're not supposed to pull it out unless you you need to defend yourself right mm-hmm. and so that very action of taking it out is is the major transition yeah so- I, I,
2: I adore that it's that idea of like and I think that ties in really nicely a with what you're saying Aaron of like there, there's this big undercurrent of like what you're saying Sarah and what you're saying Aaron and like what I'm what I'm what I'm picturing with like. Lifting some using this magic to summon the sword, which is to put it simply, there's no going back, right? Mm. Like, when we do this, that's it,
0: that's it. Yeah, that time is over, and the sword has been drawn, and we can't go back to where we were before in one way or another.
1: And I do want to touch back on a a point one of you guys made of like, this is the start of the story, Mm. like, what happened before. Uh, you know, it's part of the lore, uh, but now we have to focus on this next step. And yeah. I like the idea that they might not necessarily have a say in it, right? Like this is happening and they better be ready for it. So why do they have to draw the sword?
0: Why is
2: this thing got to get swung? I am picturing something like, to use another timely reference, like the 1999 classic film Armageddon. Uh, like I'm picturing like a giant asteroid or like you know mm. massive portal or like a quasar like a like a a tear in reality that needs to be like sliced through like some cosmic level some natural disaster event that can only be like uh like put to rest with this giant this giant magical cosmic mega sword
0: is what yeah. i'm picturing and what i'm thinking is tying back to giant robot <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but not, not literally, but what I'm thinking is in our Ava discussion is the arrival of maybe some sort of presence, some entity, and it takes away, it, it, like, as opposed to, like, with the same idea, the feel of a meteor, where, like, you know it's coming, what if it's, like, a giant, not suit of armor, but, like, some giant, giant thing out to do no good that, like, it maybe wants to use the sword itself. Maybe it wants to pull the sword out and do something nefarious with it. And it's like, well, we have to draw on the this in order to, you know, save ourselves. Maybe.
1: I am curious of the fact where it's not about you are making the conscious decision to like build up, you know, your own version of a mech to fight the other mech. (laughs) But rather... Uh, per, per, but perhaps it's this idea of like, so you guys have watched like Voltron, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So this concept in Voltron of like, someone is the sword, someone is the arm, someone is mm. the leg, right? And it's like, this sword does not want to be wielded. The people of this sword do not want to be wielded. So maybe it's that that tension of like, um, y- you couldn't be powerful enough to pull the sword from the stone, from the hill, whatever. But uh are, is the sword willing to choose you? Cause that's always been the other aspect of like Arthurian legends, right? It's yeah. like, are you worthy?
0: Mm. Mm. I am about it now. Is it wielded by a person by everyone? Is it a collective who uses the sword? You know what I mean? Cause it's big. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, i am i am
2: ai mean, I have a preference, but I will throw it to the both of you before I voice my preference.
0: I have no idea. Honestly, this one's tough. Um, it's really a big sword. And if it's going to get used, is it by one person?
1: Mm, if we're gonna head away from the mech <laughs> section, and this is this is more of a throwaway <laughs> idea uh, mm-hmm. and so kind of thinking of like of the landscape and stuff it's like maybe this is the the sword of sleeping giants and they have awakened again they are returning to battle but it's like in their that. slumber you know if these lands these uh, hills and all the forgotten weapons or whatever they've been sheathed they've been waiting but the people of the hilt don't want to be wielded again so then it becomes this like tension perhaps
0: I really like that, that there is some kind of outside this legendary, like, you know, the people inside the hill live in there, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But there's outside around them, it's this, like, you know, there's a giant spear somewhere maybe that no one lives Mm -hmm. in. But, like, there's long ago there were dueling giants who battled and, you know, had their Keyblade War. And now, like, there's people living in a fucking hill. And they're like, no, I don't want to participate in the Keyblade War. Mm -hmm. Is it something like that? I have
2: a a pitch. And... This shows where this shows where my head is at, because I'm coming back to the things that excited me this week, because, of course, my reference point is a weird is a weird throwaway backup comic from an old DC comic. But what I picture here is there's an old Vega comic Vega being an old DC sci fi book where it was like a a society like and and this is also another reference point for this is uh, also an episode of Futurama that had the exact same plot. Um, the idea of like a, a, like playing with time scale with time, time scale, as well as like physical scale. If it's like, if it's like there was something like it goes in cycles, right? Like what I'm, what I'm picturing is like a thing that goes in cycles, right? Like some living cosmic event, right? Like a, a living, a living, a living collapsing star black hole, like floats towards the earth. Or towards fantasy, or towards this the 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 space that we're in, like a a a living cosmic event, right? Like a multiversal tear, or, or like something that is that is that is as much a, a natural event as a living entity, and like with a cycle, like the sleeping giants rise up, fly into the vortex that is this being, and like do battle with it, and like push it back to the edge of the cosmos, and then it approaches again. And we start the cycle over. And as this happens, generations upon generations are living in the, in the ruins of this battle. And the, 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 the giant, like the giants never will never, never fully know, but it takes the, it they, there's a symbiotic relationship where it takes the collective effort of this entire city to like lift the sword and like give this sword as part of this, like cosmic defense effort. Mm -hmm. like it's that it's this it's it's a it's a very anime moment uh it's very it's very goku very goku spirit bomb moment of like the giant is flying up and like what what the giant sees is that the sword that it the sword that it is meant to wield like flies into its hand but -hmm. what has actually happened is like an entire city of people have given up their home and their safety in this place that they have lived and that they may never see again and they have said like go do your thing go do your thing we mm-hmm. have unsheathed this sword that can never be put back into its sheath and can never go back to normal go do your thing and do that which you were meant to do which is force back this this cosmic nightmare this cosmic nightmare dimension vortex in the hands of a sleeping giant that is sleeping no more
1: Is this kind of like the mythology of like every 10,000 years, like light and darkness must battle to see who reigns the next 10,000 years. That kind of thing.
2: I, I, I love that. That is how, I love that that is kind of how the, like the people of Hilt see it is. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and maybe the conflict here is that like, that's a hoary old legend and like people don't necessarily like, you know what I mean? Like there's that conflict of like, Do I really like, am I really willing to risk this for something that might just be, that might just be story passed down from, passed down from bar tale to bar tale?
0: So what you're implying is that this is the cycle where the people of Hilt are like, no more giant robot battle, or are they willing to risk it for the biscuit type thing?
1: Is this the point where they realize it it wasn't a legend? You know, some, some cataclysmic event has happened where they're like, Oh, this is what the wall, the carvings on the wall mean. This is what Mm. they've been talking about and prophesying. Like, we are the people who are going to have to make this decision again.
2: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I I, wait to that, right? Like, there's there's that weight of, like, oh no, like, it it's it's be it's it's choosing to it's choosing to live with the times that you've been given to to make the met to to spell out the metaphor in painful terms that uh i hate but that are very relevant to me and in the world that we live in it's it's looking going. oh right we have to be the ones to do this yeah yeah it's
1: no one else and of course it's going to be you know a spunky 16-year-old who who changes everybody's minds. <laughs>
0: ah, I yeah, sure. love this very much. Um so now we have like the structure of it where it's there's a giant sword named Hilt. The well the sword's not named Hilt, but the city's named Hilt inside the sword. And every 10,000 years that sword has been wielded in order to end a cataclysmic event. And I like really what you said Sarah when you said that inside the sword there's, like, markings and etchings that kind of tell the story that, you know, tell this grand narrative about, like, what's going to happen. And there'd be, like, messages from past generations and things like that. Mm-hmm. What happens to the people when the sword is swung, like, is used, though? Do they get, like, used as fucking fuel? Or is it, like, you know, they just got to find a new place to live?
1: I like the uh, story. Sp- spirit bomb, give Goku your energy Yeah, idea that we went back to. So maybe it's this idea of like, all they've known is, is the sword, the landscape around them. Very few people have even seen it. If mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've stepped out. Um, and it's a very harsh environment, right? Like, so maybe yeah. it's like convincing everyone, you know, that this, I guess maybe like the sword is temporary. There's more to it. There's other, I, I don't know. Are we trying to evacuate everyone? Is like, what's that's the transition? Very,
2: that's very interesting. I the Evacuation is a very evocative word that I like because I think that adds like a really kind of tragic element to it. Mm -hmm. that I really like connect with and like I'm really jiving with is like... Because you talk
1: about this idea of it's no one else but us. We are the generation that has to deal with it. Uh, And then there is that thing of like nothing can be the same again after this point. Mm -hmm. And that age-old tension of there's inside and safety and then there's outside and unknown. Yeah. Um, And and I think that dynamic is very interesting.
0: Um, It's what I've been thinking about this whole time with this idea of safety within a weapon you know you are safe within this symbol of power and defense and offense and but what happens if you leave like you know do these people know can they make it outside of the sword
2: i i have a i have a thought and this is the optimist in me but like i have a thought for yes and it is like we can never again live in the place that we built right like the place that we built is gone forever there's no going back to hilt but the thing about like a sword that is sheathed in the ground the thing about the sword in a stone is like even if you were to pull that sword out there's a crevice
1: there's something left behind
2: yeah like the, Mm. the the world around it is changed there are there are we have not lived in the tunnel like there are tunnels below and we said like erosion was happening so like there were spots in the sword that were we're like leaning into caves and like Mm -hmm. we can't live in like the sword is gone all all these homes that we had all this life but we can at least but at least we have this space where the sword used to be where we can we can we can rebuild in the space where our homes once were and like there's a beautiful there's a beautiful kind of psych uh, a cyclical element to that as well if it's like Mm -hmm. in the same way that the giant rises up stabs this, stabs this like vortex forces it back into the deepest reaches of space and then drifts back to sleep to wake up again, possibly in 10,000 years. There's also a beautiful cycle of like, as was told, as was told to us in the carvings, we gave up everything, Mm. but we found at least another space that we can start over in the meantime with the hope that maybe, maybe the sword comes back or maybe it doesn't. And we build something better or at least just as good in the space where it used to be.
1: It goes back to that line that you mentioned from the Zach Gorman comic. There's no safety to be found in a sword. Mm-hmm. This is no gift. It's a curse. This was always going to happen. Uh, and, and coming to that truth of like, and I guess there there is room to say like, was it, was it Hilt or the people of Hilt? And that kind of trope as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I dig it. I really like this idea of these people, one, of course, like, you know, the old adage of like forging your own destiny, but also the idea of facing inevitability, like, what can you do, they know that they cannot stop what's going to happen. It's how they choose to like adjust and grow that I really like. Now, what do they do Just set up shop in the hole? Now and and well and I think this is where I kind of want to
2: leave it. I think a little open ended because I because like there's stuff that I there's I, there's a big thing that I want to explore a little bit, but I kind of want to leave like the city city the city's fate a little open ended because there's mm-hmm. a big beautiful question that I don't that I think is better left unanswered, and that is with the sword left behind. Like, you know, this is the that quote again. Like, this is not a blessing; it is a curse. If we're free of the curse. Mm-hmm can we build something without it? Like, can we build something to where we, to where we no longer need to rely on this, this curse that was handed to us?
1: I I also like the idea that perhaps like all of the wall carvings before, like these were the last warnings by the previous people Mm, of that sword saying, you know, they, they didn't realize what was happening until it was too late. Like maybe the, the prophecy, the, was always that like, you are a sacrifice. You are part of this curse. You are always part of this larger narrative. And there's maybe a piece to be found in that. Mm-hmm. But then someone steps up and is like, no, we're, we're more than just this. And we have the capacity to go beyond and create. And, you know, where some people may only see like an empty crevice. It's like we might see opportunity. We might see, uh, you know, so, there's something there yeah and that's I, and
2: that's that's kind of the thing that i wanted to pivot into exploring because like i think i'm interested in their their ultimate fate like building a world without the sword i think is a beautiful mm-hmm. unanswered question but like the person that makes that decision and evacuates hilt that plucky 16 year old is like <laughs> a beautiful thing that like that's a character that's a character that i want to spend a little bit of time i know we're getting close to we got like we're, we're we're getting close to when we want to start rapping but like that's the character that I want to spend a little time like getting into their head of like who makes this decision and ultimately saves the people of this city and gives them an option to build a a tomorrow that is different than the one than mm-hmm. the than the lack of a tomorrow that they were offered by fate.
0: May I make one thing before we do? Please. It's something I've been sitting on listening to like the words like curse and warning and it makes me very excited because I have this thought of you know, there's these things about how they're part of something bigger, they're part of something bigger. We're talking about the sword and erosion and these mm-hmm. people fearing and thinking there hopefully is another way. I think that people do get out. We have oh, yeah. confirmed that. They yeah. do they they do leave the sword behind. But I think when it is wielded by this giant, you know, this cosmic thing, it strikes the cosmic entity down, like this on un- encroaching terror but the blade shatters on impact being. So I think it's one of these lessons of like, you know, we cannot go back. Mm -hmm. The blade is in pieces. Hilt is shattered and broken. We have to grow. We have to adapt. And it's, I think it's something of like a, like a, not a forced growth, but like, thank God they had the wherewithal to actually bail and trust in the process of growth.
1: And there's also this aspect of, uh, it will never be like things were before. Mm-hmm. yeah, And that's you a have good no thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I do like this idea because we, we talked about erosion and climate change and how we kind of like see some of these things in our, mm-hmm. in our actual mm-hmm. world. And I do true. I, I said the throwaway thing of, um, of, you know, a spunky 16 year old as a joke, but now I really think about it and I'm like, these are the kids who, are seeing the signs who don't even have the life experience to be attached to how things have always been. Yeah. And so they're the most willing to accept a change, right? They're mm-hmm. the yeah. ones who are seeing the erosion happen before anyone else. They're the ones who are trying to ring those alarms. But perhaps, you know, the people who are, who are at the very top of the hilt, you know, the people who are at the very bottom who have never seen the daylight, yeah. like they're not willing to listen. And I so there that. is that tension. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and I, really and that's, love that. that's kind of the person that I want to like get to know a little bit is like, and, and I, I have, I have a week, we've got some, some card prompts for us to like get to know this character and we'll eventually give them a name. Um, So what I want to like propose, I, I like this idea. Cause like, I think that's a good hook for like this person that like has the one person that I raised the question of, we don't have to like accept, we don't have to accept our ultimate fate being stabbed in a, in a giant, in a giant sword into a living vortex. What if we just left?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What if we said no to all of that? Mm -hmm. It's so 16 year old and I love it.
2: It's so 16. (laughs) It's
0: a beautiful 16.
2: And like the thing about that is like, the thing I really love about it is it's such a simple, is like, it's such a simple question. And it, it it brings with it such a heavy weight of like that no one asked it and that ever and that it still like happens like the sword still goes off and like the thing is still struck down even if the sword shatters like it, it absolutely has that energy of like
0: oh yeah we were gonna do that for basically nothing <laughs> yes that's what, like I'm trying try-, try to get this thing like where it's like there- there's no point they-, they get nothing out of this they just like happen to live in a sword like fuck that I'm not gonna get like the, the Goku in this case is the only person getting that yes it's protecting the world but like let me make my own motherfucking choices damn i love <laughs> I, I love
2: that a lot so like i'd love to get to know this uh get to know this monkey 16 year old a little yay!
0: bit yay let's do it
2: so what i have here is uh megan crosses uh session 0 session 0 is a is a role playing game about characters it is a deck of cards each card has a as an evocative uh prompt and question on it the the session zero is designed to allow you to flesh out your uh, role playing game characters in, in fun and unexpected ways. So um, if if Sarah, if you and Aaron, if you and you and Aaron are cool with it, I'm just gonna pull some cards, ask us some questions, give us some answers, and that's gonna give us a little bit of picture. Since we know kind of the arc of this character, we kind of know we sort of know her story. Like I think it's a good space to be like just kind of like be like, and what about this? And then that's gonna tell us like the kind of person that she is. I'm about
0: it.
1: I like that you decided it's already a she. <laughs> We're getting very specific quickly.
2: All right. I'm going to flip our first card. Scars are stories. What is your most notable scar? How did you get it? Is it brandished as a mark of pride or hidden as a mark of shame? I'm thinking calluses. Calluses. I, I
0: like I like I that. That's interesting. Um, I get this evocative not just like from working. I get this idea of um, if outside is shitty, right? Outside is inhospitable. Inside is is inhabitable. They have to work extra hard in order to say, like get the water clean inside of hilt or, you know, something, get energy inside of hilt. And so this person has like rough fucking hands, Mm -hmm. but are from like, it's as a result of the outside world.
2: It's a result of, and it's a result more specifically, like that ties really nicely into like what she ultimately does, which is like keep her community safe, right? Like mm-hmm. she's like, I've been, I've been through this. My like, I, my hands are broken and callous. Like I am tired, <laughs> my, and my I've hands been look doing like this, so their hands can look like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. listen. But like, like, there's that idea of like I've been doing this specifically, like because. It's how like we keep each other safe, right? Like I think collective safety is a big value to the people in HILT because they it, it's instilled that like mm-hmm. you have a higher purpose and like we have to keep each other safe because there's going to come a time where we all need each other.
1: I'm also curious about, you know, we're talking about the generational element, right? And how some people who all they've known is the hilt, they maybe not seen the outside or haven't seen it in very long. There is perhaps like a higher, like a a very clear hierarchy of, uh, you know, you don't talk back to elders, perhaps, you know, you don't cut off someone older than you. And I I also was thinking of, uh, we think back to like the mining days in, in the UK and England, where it's like small children were specific used to go into like tight corners and mining shafts and stuff yeah. like that and so this idea of like your first experience as part of this community might be like getting into the really tight tunnels that lead to the surface and that's perhaps why like the youngest and probably least listened to people are the people who see the signs first
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It, it, it ties into this idea i like this idea that like uh, I like this idea that, like, every role in the community, right? Like, it's it, it's very, it's very, like, farmhand-ish, right? Like, that every role in the community is built to support the community. It's very, there's a very, mm-hmm. like, collectivist spirit to that, where it's, like, you know, like, everyone is doing something. And maybe that ties into, like, why, why elders are so respected, is, like, everything you, every, you know, from a very young age you're doing something not for someone's profit but for the protection of those around you and mm-hmm. you build this this sense of you know like like when you trans when you become when you when you're young you work you work in these tight spaces because we it, it you know we need like you have a skill that can do that when you grow older you you draw plans and you develop mm-hmm. you know you, you move into these other fields. When you're older, you become like an academic and kind of a lork. And like, it's Mm that every stage of your life, every, every level of physical ability, like it's, they, there's, there's a role for you in service and in helping like keep, keep this place that we live in safe. I think that's very good. Like that's a very, I like that, 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 that
0: community spirit a lot. Um, Something that I liked about the idea, though, Sarah, that you had is uh, the idea of the young people have to do this. And that's why you said that's why a young person would be so spunky and about like this change. I feel like it's if you have to go into these tight spaces and you've fucked up hands and you're like doing all this shitty work, you would say think to elders like, motherfucker, I'm the one in these tight spaces doing Uh this stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm the one facing it. Not you. You may have like lost touch. With mm-hmm. fucking what's really going on inside and outside of Hilt. And like, you know, I, I'm the one with my finger on the pulse of how fucked we are. And like, you know, I it, it takes someone who's getting their hands literally dirty to be like, y'all, we cannot keep fucking doing this. Yeah, there's another and, and, way.
1: And this idea as well of like, so when you bring up something like the sword is eroding you know like we are losing our home like the the collapses we're seeing in the lower levels are no mistake here um how dare you how dare you disrupt this system that's been working you you don't have the experience you you're being disrespectful to your elders like all this stuff Mm. it's packed in so tightly like this is an efficient system for so long for these specific reasons and it's like bringing up the red flag it disrupts the day to day and it disrupts that hierarchy and that is just there's no room for it it's not even it's not allowed you you literally don't have the hours in the day to pull it off
0: yeah
2: <laughs> there's this
0: shit to be done mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: i love that a lot um so i drew another card uh this one is a little lighter this one does not quite have as much uh (laughs) beef to it this one is you had a companion growing up describe your childhood pet how did they come to be your companion and are they still your pet if we're thinking
1: very um a, a very like every single part of the day everyone is working together it's like I love the idea of just something that's supposed to be seen as you know vermin like a a parasite Mm. almost like they have a favorite cockroach
2: I was gonna I was gonna throw out a worm like (laughs) oh that's also good like there's just a worm That and like especially because like you had said we were looking at those kind of like scratchy drawings and like the picture of like a worm that is the size of like a tiny like person like burrowing and like it just is their buddy that like burrows Mm -hmm. for them like is very cute it's like a cute little like buddy
0: oh <laughs> i would die for wormy
2: wormy this is a pro wormy podcast <laughs>
0: this is a pro wormy podcast i think like, i like a worm pet
2: all right next card at one time an authority figure had a great effect on you who were they where did you encounter them and what about this encounter has stayed
0: with you ever since i have an initial thought go for it um if this is like a this is a teen i think um the person who kind of you know this—the story of the sleeping giants. I believe Sarah was the term you used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is very good. the The story of the sleeping giants is something that I think the the people, the young kids, learn before they like get to work. Where it's like, all right. We're about to put your ass to work. And here is why we have to stay. The sword has to stay like, you know, because a lot of the job would be maintaining the sword, maintaining its integrity, mm-hmm. trying your best to keep it strong because the day is going to come that this, our home is going to get used to stop a calamity. And I, I feel like it was, I don't know if everybody had this experience, but I had a very influential teacher. I grew up going to fucking Catholic school and I had a very influential teacher that was like, Maybe take all of this with a grain of salt as a metaphor, like, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was like this huge moment for me as an adolescent to be like, oh, snap, let me think about like everything kind of outside myself and in a different way and blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's something like that in terms of the myth where it was the first time that this teen was like, you mean like I'm going to we're going to have to stay inside the sword when they swing it or do we leave? Well, you never know. Like it happens 10,000 years. We think it's, we interpret the myth as this. And so we're going to stay inside of it. You know, maybe it's something like I like that. I really, I, I love mm-hmm. that.
2: I love that it's, it's a person that like put that doubt, like put that doubt in their mind in a positive way. Like that, like just having that space to, having that space to ask the question, I think is really important. And it's a thing that I think is really, is valuable to foster in someone. I, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that a teacher, like a teacher, Was like, and here's like, this is why, this is why it's important that we work on these things. This is why it's important that we contribute. This is why it's important that we all, we all contribute with these experiences. That said, here's some problems.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like, I, I just, I like the idea that this myth is learned But also, it's a game of telephone. If it's 10,000 years this happens, Mm -hmm. nobody knows for sure what they're fucking doing. But they're like, I don't know, etched in the walls is like generations of stories. There's oral tradition and there's like things in the walls that are supposed to instruct us on what's coming and what to do. But who the fuck knows? And I
1: do like the aspect of it where... Perhaps like, you know, you hit a certain age and it's kind of like stopping to believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. right? It's like we we know why we have to maintain this is because the roof will literally crash in on us. Like, what do you think we're doing this for? Um, and, and it's like their lives are so day to day. It's like you think we're worried about something that could maybe happen in 10,000 years. Like we yeah. don't even know when the first records were written.
0: Oh, that's a brutal existence. Hilt has become a cool place of people being like, you know, so I can imagine descent in this whole like, yeah, you work because the the day might be tomorrow that we get swung to cut the galactic, you know, entity. Mm -hmm. You're like, but it could be a thousand years from now. I might spend my entire life toiling for fucking nothing. And (laughs) and what I love about this is that like we've created,
2: we've created a, like a place with problems, right? We've created Mm -hmm. a flawed space. And what I love about it is like, we've kind of like built this space where this character takes us to a place where they can build something that doesn't have those problems. Right. Like, I think it's really, I think it's great that like, we're kind of learning that this is a place that is kind of broken because it means that it means that when our, when our hero, you know, evacuates the city and makes this kind of big sweeping event that was never supposed to happen. It means that not only did they literally survive, it means that they are able to maybe like push against a lot of those values and go like, wait, this is not this is not good. Like this is like we can build some we can quite literally build something that is better for like our 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 chances of survival, but also for our chances of happiness.
0: I have mm-hmm. a name for this character, if I may. You may not.
2: Ooh, let's hear it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <I> just, please.
0: <laughs> oh. please. No, please. <laughs> I, I want her to be named Aixa Pommel. Damn. Pommel. What <laughs> like, cause I'm thinking everybody is everybody like, I'm just thinking sword names and I'm looking at the anatomy of a sword. I like the name. That's a good <laughs> name. <It's> a great <laughs> name. Iyxa Pommel, great name.
1: What if everyone's <laughs> last name? Uh, so we're talking about community setting. We're talking about social dynamics. Every, so I like the idea of like, you are identified by what part of the sword you're from. Ooh. Ooh, so really everyone's good. got a last name. that's like Pommel Hilt. Uh, something. I wasn't looking at the image
0: anymore. <laughs> you mean <laughs> yeah, crossbar, like, like Ricasso, the, the Fuller chip, t- There's one that's called tang. Blade Edge, the Tang.
2: Yeah, I I love that, and I like that. Like, I love that. I think it's it's a beautiful like the and and I love the idea that like if you move, Your name changes, right? Like if I yeah. if I <laughs> if I move, like I'm gonna change my name because like it, it's it's my neighborhood, right? Like yeah. it you, you, no you, hyphens.
0: No, I love no hyphens. <laughs> no and, hyphens. <laughs> no hyphens ever. And so I have
2: one last question about Aixa. Okay. And that is uh, the card is about inaction. And I think it's very interesting considering we know what she ultimately does is this tremendous action. And the card text says, What's a time that you didn't do something that you needed to do it? Mm. Didn't mm. do something.
0: Is she, yes, like she led this, like, you know, let's ditch the fucking sword, et cetera, et cetera. Is her not doing something the reason the sword shatters or is that not the way we want to go? Hmm.
1: I, I think of the sword shattering as an aspect of the story. No oh, that's, one right. Could have that's right. That's
2: on. right. That's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's
2: right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's that like maybe it's that like she I, I have a big pitch. I have a big ending pitch. And it's partially because I want something for this character that as the author, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put this here. Uh, I think it's a moment of inaction and like, it's a moment of um, abdication, I guess is a good way to put it. Like it's, uh, there's a moment that like, I'm very excited that like feels like it should be a moment of failure, but I, I kind of see it as a moment of deep, of deep success, which is, I think the moment that she doesn't act is immediately after like we start to figure out what comes next Mm -hmm. and like she kind of quietly is like if I step up I'm gonna be a dictator right like if I step up I I played this key role in things I kind of have to step away or else like my word is going to become law and I can't have that
1: I I like this idea of like you know they they see this cosmic event happening in the sky out of them you know the the ash clears all of this stuff and it's like people start making way for her Mm -hmm. in a way she's never ever experienced before no one of her age her generation that kind of thing and and realizing like like you said if she takes this opportunity she's stuck in that responsibility and maybe Mm -hmm. like stuck in that in that idea of like this is a curse not a gift
2: yeah it's eve the sword is gone but in a way like they're handing her the sword and so she goes like I don't want it it's 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 denying the throne right it's drawing the sword mm-hmm. from the stone and then saying I do not want the I do not want to be to be your monarch it's it's going like you're all looking at, like why is everyone looking at me like I don't have the answers in this moment yeah. we need to figure this out together
1: mm-hmm. and
2: also I don't want that responsibility I I I want I want to be I want to be able to be alive For once. Like I want, I want the freedom of not having this responsibility looming over my head. I can't let you hand me another responsibility. Mm. I love that. I dig it. Yeah. And that's a I think that's a
0: wrap on our character. Jeez. That was quite a tale, y'all. I that was fun. (laughs) That was was great. (laughs) That was really
1: fun. Good. Oh I really want to draw this now.
0: So, thank you first, I have to say, to Drifter, our prompt submitter. Uh, That's an amazing prompt. Thank you so much. Drifter used our prompt submission channel. There are so many ways you can do it. Jeff, can you burn through those real quick?
2: I sure can. You can tweet them at us at amfc underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash children. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com, or you can go to bit.ly slash amfc discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. And I got to say, thank you to you, Sarah, for joining thank us. Thank you so that, much, Sarah.
1: Thank F- you so much for having me. Seriously, this was a blast. This is Yay. also like what half of our writing <laughs> sessions at Multiverse sound like.
0: Yay, because we always are like, we're like, is this like a writer's room podcast? Because it feels like it sometimes. Um, that makes me very happy. And I'm very, we're so honored to have you because like you're cool. Um, can we talk about all the cool stuff you do one last time? Can we talk about Multiverse? Can we remind the kids at home? Yeah, of
1: course. Yeah, and just so everybody, you know, uh, knows one more time, Multiverse is an online video game platform. We're making it as easy as possible to make, play, stream, share, uh, tabletop role-playing games. Uh, you know, we're taking this experience, making it way more accessible to folks who uh, love it but haven't had a chance to play. People have been playing for years and haven't had a chance to explore it and share it in different ways. Um, and you can hit us up on Twitter at Play Multiverse on Discord at Play multiverse multiverse. multiverse and we got just a really fantastic community of gms and artists and writers uh in closed beta if you're interested in that you can hit us up on one of those channels
0: yeah i would recommend uh the they stream on the multiverse uh twitch account so if you want to see the game in action be sure to catch those because it's the best way to kind of see how things work and see what's really going on and the you Know the team is super like um, transparent about like what's going on and mm-hmm. how things work and you can ask questions. So if you're interested in it, watch those because a lot of questions get answered there, and I'm about it. Um hey, thank you. Yeah. Um All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. The One Shot Podcast Network is home to, oh, just to a plethora of amazing tabletop RPG podcasts and shows. Um uh, shows honestly like hmm, Jeff. Who are we gonna highlight today? Who are you feeling?
2: Uh, who gets, a,
0: who gets a special treat? Oh
2: gosh, they're all good. I mean, it's true. I'm, I am, I am, I have a fondness for a show called Design Doc, which is mm. Hannah Schaefer and Evan Roland. Uh, the original, so designing long term, designing a sequel to their hit game Questlandia, and then in the short term, uh, in the, what they're calling the new season of the show, designing a revised edition of the original questlandia doing sort of a week by week or biweekly uh like a check-in of how the design process is going if you're very if you're curious about the world of like meat and potatoes like in the weeds game design i think it's a it's a it's an incredibly valuable like tool like learning tool because you're hearing people who have done this successfully going all right like here's our goal how the hell do we do this? And I think that is a remarkably important and valuable thing to hear because I I think it's easy to look at creative works and go, oh, well, that just must have happened. Like that person might just, must just have a remarkable gift to do this. And I think there is nothing more valuable to young creative people than hearing people with an established, like uh, hearing established people go, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do with this. Like, I think it's a remarkably valuable
0: Mm -hmm. thing to hear. Damn. That was a really good special treat that sums up our newest segment on this show. Special podcast.
2: Treats. Also, I hear their audio editor is spectacularly talented, but
0: uh, you know, who is that's- it? Aaron, who do you think it is? <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. There's a lot of people out there who edit podcasts. It's,
2: uh, I, I'll, I I don't know. All I know is that is that is that whoever this audio editor is, is remarkably talented, remarkably hireable, and yet continues to be ghosted by certain chain restaurants who refuse to acknowledge his remarkably talented LARP Smith skills.
0: Call out the Olive Garden. um, Bastards. Uh, what else
2: do we talk about? Oh, Jeff, you have a second podcast. I do. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two player role playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend. Uh, we play a two player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. Uh I'm gonna say this on the show because it happened today. Uh Party of One was nominated for the uh it's the Daytime Emmys. It was they nominated for a daytime Emmy. We're up against we're up against Saturday Night Live, so it's tough. Yeah. Um we were Party of One was nominated for the Good Games Writings Annual Goodies Awards. It's an uh an award that has been handed out for the last 10 years, uh recognizing outstanding work in games, criticism and games like uh, journalism and things like that. Uh, so yeah. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty hype about that. It's a pretty Congratulations. cool thing to say. Congrats. Thank you. That's yeah, awesome. Thank you. What, a cool, uh, what a cool person. Yeah. You can find new episodes of party of one every Wednesday at party
0: lit. Now we end our show, Sarah with a little thing called verbal hugs where we talk about, you know, just little things that I think our listeners need to hear and that my ass needs to hear as well. Do you have anything off the top of your head? If not, we can go first, too.
1: I follow by example.
0: Go first. Oh, Um, I have one. Man, it's, it's pretty simple for me this week. Don't be afraid to kind of engage with the things that make you happy. I know I say that so fucking much, but where I'm like, don't give time to stuff that drains your energy. But I will also expand on it this week and say... Um, if you have an interest in something or a passion in a field and a world, engage with new creators and consume the stuff that more people are making. Like, for example, if you like indie comics, there are so many out there. And like, if you have been reading the same ones for three years, expand those horizons, try new things. Like it's something so, especially in the indie community, if with any kind of medium, it's such a wonderful thing that these are not corporate entities. You know, these are people who, you can say on Twitter usually, holy shit I love your comic, it's changed my life, or you could buy merch of theirs and it's actually like benefiting one fucking person and like really can make a huge impact and it's a really cool fucking thing and especially in the terms of like representation that you're looking for, you can find people who are making things instead of like begging a giant corporation for crumbs you can be getting satiated by people who are really living and sharing their lived experiences and making art that reflects it. And that is dope. And it's something that I've been trying to do more of is just engage with tons more indie people. Um, and it's been great. It's been awesome. And I encourage you to do the same.
1: I absolutely love that advice.
2: Thank I love you. that. A lot. I say that a lot. Um, I want, I want mine, mine is, uh, don't forget this is going to sound ominous at first, but I'm going to bring it back <laughs> around to hopeful. <laughs> Uh, this is going to sound extremely ominous and we're going to come back around. I promise. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that we are living in a remarkably stressful time. And, um, like for so, so many reasons, please give yourself the space that you need with that. I know that for a lot of people, especially people like creating things, I know I have been guilty of this. Like, as I, as I talk to myself as much as anyone there's that impulse of like, I gotta, I gotta keep going. At, I gotta keep going at 60 miles an hour. Right. Like I gotta, I can't slow down or I'm gonna, or I'm gonna like lose load like speed. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to lose steam <laughs> if I slow down and like, please don't forget that like we are living through a remarkably stressful time for like eight different reasons and like allow yourself to say, I don't have energy today because I think it is mm-hmm. one of the most, powerful and liberating and valuable things you can say is i'm not going to do the thing today like because you are going to drive yourself to burnout like you are going to to run your car in. you are going to run you are going to run your tires off of your car just like be kind to yourself and be be patient with yourself and you know like if your capacity is zero do you are i am I, I am a podcaster, which means I have authority to say such things. I am giving you explicit permission to not do stuff if you're if you don't have the capacity for it. And it, no matter no matter how much you feel like you might expect yourself to have that capacity or feel like you should have that capacity, if you don't, you don't, and you cannot fake it. So don't fake it. Be patient and kind with yourself, and give yourself space to turn things off if you need them. Dang.
1: I really, really just am humbled and happy to hear this kind of advice being given out. And and I wouldn't actually say it's advice, it's just reminders. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a similar note of you know being kind to yourself, being kind to others, whether you know them or not. I, and I would just add to it and say, it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. Uh, I'm a really big proponent for you know small kindnesses and you'd be surprised how much that ends up like changing your perspective, changing your day, changing someone else's day. And so you know I really ask everyone who's listening to just allow yourself or in someone else a small kindness unprompted you know in the following week, whether that's paying for someone else's coffee or whether that's you know uh, just putting aside an hour for yourself to do nothing but read your favorite book um definitely like try try to take that that guilt and weight and responsibility and and transform it into something that you know allows you to see someone else smile even if that person is yourself.
0: I'm obsessed with that. That was concise and amazing and I really love it. Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree with that as well. Like it's tiny gestures like it is the key to making such a nice impact in people's lives and just being like that random benefactor that can change the course of someone's day. Mm-hmm. I especially agree with that. I'm I'm with it. Sarah, thanks again for joining us.
1: Thank you. Seriously, it has been an absolute pleasure.
0: Yay. Um where can people find you on social media before you go? If you want people, people to.
1: <laughs> i think at this point with twitter i've, I've made that decision <laughs> <That's> um, <true. laughs> yeah you can find me at sarah alpha g just my name uh on twitter and you know you can find my site and stuff through that if you want to reach out for any reason uh you can see me occasionally on the multiverse twitch we'll be sending out you know when those schedules are and also say hello to me through the multiverse discord
0: awesome all right Um, Jeff, is that all we do on this podcast? I think it's all we do on this podcast.
2: So until next time, good night and good game.
0: Junior Wizards, Senior Wizard Aaron here, and I wanted to kind of elaborate. I had a lot of ideas about this, like, region and valley of giants that we talked about this episode, so I wanted to kind of talk about it a little more, because it's gotten me really excited. All over fantasy, historians have discovered evidence of giant armor-clad beings known as giants, whether it be shards of a broken, gigantic plate mail, an entire intact helmet— or the tip of a massive building-sized spear, artifacts of this culture have been found all over fantasy. Now, the line between what is fact and what is myth is so very thin. But what fantasy's historians have deduced is that one region in fantasy, protected by strong gales and stronger currents, is known as the Valley of Giants, the home of these larger-than-life figures. Now, what you just learned about in this episode about Hilt is simply one piece of this massive tale. Like we said, the Valley of Giants is riddled with thousands of discarded blades, weapons, armors, buildings of theirs that reach into the heavens. Now, the evidence of giants existing all over fantasy means that they were not confined to the Valley of Giants and simply existed the same way as any other denizen of fantasy would. Now, what is most interesting is that some giants stayed behind in the valley in order to protect the world from something. That cosmic entity we mentioned in the episode? Yeah, that's it. what the people of Hilt did not know is that every so often, we'll say, 10,000 years, 100,000 years, who knows, a new champion rises to defend the Valley of Giants and fantasy from this cosmic entity. It's not always Hilt. It could be a giant spear, it could be a tower shield, it could be a dagger. One of the weapons planted into the Valley of Giants is drawn and used to defend the world. Hilt may have been drawn to defend the world before, but they are simply one weapon in the arsenal used to defend the planet. Now, before I go, I offer you one fun fact about the city of Hilt after they leave the sword. Now generations have come and gone, years have passed, and the city of Hilt has been living outside of the Hilt for quite some time. And as cultures evolve, so do myths. If someone in Hilt is up late and gazing up at the night sky, and sees the start of a meteor shower, it's up to them to start the Song of Arms. The Song of Arms is sung by the entire city, roused from their sleep, in order to celebrate the clash of the giants against the cosmic entity playing out in the sky above them. You know, just a fun world detail before I send you off. Thank you so much for listening to all my fantasy children, and until next time, Junior Wizard, good night and good game, again.